Hey friends, I'm Katie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of Malice and Mocktails, a true crime podcast. We are just two sisters covering cases of both vintage and contemporary true crime. And because true crime can be a bit of a bummer, at the end of every episode, we share with you some of our favorite mocktail recipes. Join us every week, wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, make good choices. Bye. Bye. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Oh, um, maybe we should say hi to the people. Hello, people. Wait, I'm not ready. Oh. I don't, I don't, I'm having so many problems right now. It's insane. I can't see like my story. I can see you, but I can't see that. You know, hi. Okay, let you want to just like hi. Hi, yeah. I'm Carmen. Hi, and I'm Joanna. Are you? I don't know who I am. Uh, welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder, and welcome to my co-host. Have you met her before? Her name's Joanna. Yeah, first time here. Long time first listener, first time uh, co-hosting. Uh, first time in a long time. Uh, it's been so long. I don't even know what to do anymore. I know. Do you remember how this works? I, can you run, make, uh, give me the rundown? All right. So I'm going to talk to you about something, and then you're going to respond about something, and then that's how it goes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Shit Show with me and Joanna. Yay! Yeah. Definitely going to be a show today. It feels so good to be back with you. Yes. I've The other ones, the other, the other two, they did a really good job, but I was so ready to come back. I was ready for you to come back. Listen, Amy killed it. Becky is just ride or die. She killed it both times. But it's just not the same as just, you know, <laughs> your kid interrupting. <laughs> That sounds like my daughter. It is your daughter. <laughs> is it? They, man, these, these. Mine's not home. <laughs> these headphones are like noise canceling. I, I cannot Walmart, hear her. Your Walmart headphones. <laughs> they are. I seriously cannot hear her. I can hear her through the microphone. She is yelling, Mom. Hold Lord. on a second. Handle your family. Can you say hi, TT? Hi, TT. I love you so much. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. You're welcome. I love I you. I can't wait to see you again and give you big time hugs. Okay, say bye-bye. Um, before we get started today, I can't freaking wait because next weekend it is my birthday. I'm turning 39. Turning 50. It, I'm turning not 50. I'm turning 39. And it is also when we're going to get together for a reunion in Orlando for CrimeCon as volunteers. Yes, I'm so excited. This one comes out after the fact. Damn it. Well, okay, so we're talking from the future to our past selves. Yes. My point is, we are scheduled to work the um, mm -hmm. uh, late the night, night events. <laughs> and we don't stay up late. No. But uh, the night events seem pretty freaking cool. One of them is like an award ceremony, but I don't know if we're going to be on that. Well, yeah. So I can't wait to see you in person very soon. I love you so much. I know. It's been so long. I mean, has it though? <laughs> I was down there, what, two weeks ago? I know. But for us, that's like a really long time. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. So welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder, finally, where we tell stories that may or may not be true. On today's episode, I will be telling you a story that'll either be the plot of what, Joanna? A uh, true crime or a movie. The plot of a true crime. There you go. That's my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been drinking. <laughs> That's the problem. So let's test your true crime and horror movie knowledge to see if you know the difference. But don't worry because what? At the end, what's going to happen? You always reveal... 
I always reveal and then I give you the remaining details. But Joanna did a little whisper to me that she has a Florida man story. And is it from Becky because she fucked up on the one episode? Uh Uh-oh, what happened? She didn't have one. She was probably waiting for me to do it. Oh, so is this one from her? No. Okay. Give me the tea. I want to hear it. Okay. So this is, this is recent. This was one week ago. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. In September. Yes. A Florida man who was attempting to cross the Atlantic ocean in a man-made hamster wheel. What the fudge? You didn't hear about this? No. He's facing federal charges after it took the U.S. Coast Guard five days to bring him ashore. Five days. Okay. Tell me more. They could not get, I, 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 I'm going to, the Coast Guard spotted, I'm going to butcher this man's name, Riza Ray Bellucci, 51, some 70 miles off the coast of TB Island, Georgia, while making preparations for Hurricane Franklin, the complaint filed. Complaint. That's what I said, right? Yeah, you got this. Get it. You're, <laughs> along. You're rusty. <laughs> very rusty. Uh, file, uh, filed in federal court said Bellucci was charged Tuesday with obstruction aborting and violation of captain of the port order. Yeah. Whoa. He was attempting to ride his hydropod vessel to England and that he had a Florida registration, which he was unable to locate for them on board because it's a hamster wheel. This thing is wild. Look at this. Is it a hydropod? I'm trying to pull it up on my phone. Oh my gosh. He was running it like a dang hamster. It was floating on the ocean the whole time. It is literally, it's like one of those inflatable devices. Like a buoy. Those are like buoys. Yeah. Buoys tied around the ends to keep Mm -hmm. it from sinking. That's, thanks for showing me that, Joanna. Yeah. Oh, no, no problem. The officer said the vessel was afloat as a result of wiring in buoys and determined that Belushi was conducting a manifesty unsafe voyage. Hmm. When they attempted to get him to leave the vessel, Bellucci told them he had a knife and threatened to harm himself. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he must have put a lot of effort into building that thing. Oh, yeah. Then the next day, he threatened to blow himself up. When officers saw Bellucci holding wires, they contacted the U.S. Navy Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit. On August 28th, the Coast Guard Cutters, Campbell and Valiant, arrived on the scene to offer support, and they launched a small boat to deliver food and water and to give Bellucci predictions of hurricanes. I'm really messing this up. I apologize. They ordered him off the vessel, and he refused, but he told them that the bomb was not real. August 29th, they successfully removed him from the vessel, and on September 1st, he was brought to the Coast Guard base in Miami. Holy Uh, shit. He attempted a similar homemade voyage, in 2014, in 2016, he attempted another voyage in 2021, and the Coast Guard intervened again. They have him on their radar at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, his bail, his bond, was $250,000. Good. He's obviously a danger to himself. He's unwell. Uh, and why is he Is he trying to break a Guinness world record? It does not say why. Those people are unwell, too, eating like a 500 hot dogs. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, it's a pretty you, impressive vessel. You want to go for a spin next on and when we're in Orlando next weekend? No. Like, how do you like you're sleeping in water? Like, how do you? Mm. I wonder if he has a little anchor. But they brought him food. That's interesting. They can't. He can't anchor in the middle of the Atlantic, and that thing, oh. the anchor will bring him down. He was seventy miles out. Damn, I was going to say, I want to see an aerial map of how far he was to England. Well, that's what we have to deal with around here. It's not just bad traffic in Florida and alligators. It is just people who do weird stuff. All right. Well, are you ready for my story, Joanna? I am. I'm not going to keep a cuss count because, you know, the situation. I'm hunched over. I'm holding the mic. I'm sweating a little bit. You know, on the last episode, there's a there's a cry for the cuss count to come back, Joanna. From who? From the listeners. They want it back. Those all our listeners in Belgium, apparently, who put us in their top 100 on their Apple fucking podcast charts. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? We've been in the top charts in South Africa a few times, but Belgium, like, what's up, Belgium? Moving on up. 
I, <laughs> to the Belgium side. <laughs> Do you know people over there, Joanna? No, but I think my family might be part Belgium. So is it your relative? My dad. <laughs> yes, my dad. Bye. Well, your dad lives in Michigan. Well, yes, but they came from other places. They're not born and raised. My my mom's dad was from another country. I can't remember. He so went around the Michigan to the other side, lakes, river. From Michigan to Belgium, direct. that's a direct road, I heard. <laughs> Maybe your ancestors are like reaching out to your Belgium people who are in your bloodline and they're like, I must listen. Yes, that's exactly it. Either way, thank you so much. So on that note, on whatever note we're on, I don't know, let's just get started. Okay. This topic today was suggested to us by someone named Katie who hosts her own podcast called Malice and Mocktails, which is a fantastic show. And I love her Instagram because she always posts mocktail recipes and she's very into it. She does a great job. So I would check it out. Go check out uh, her show, Malice and Mocktails. You can find it pretty much where you can find us and check out her Instagram. It's great. So she shot me a DM and she goes, I want you to do this story. I think you'll stump Joanna. And I said, yes, I'm on it. I've heard of only two of your stories so far. It's a shot in the dark. Um, no, but Katie was like, just, she's like, this is just weird. You don't know where it's coming from. And Katie, you were right. So let's go. We are starting March 11th, 2016, when Holly Garland is walking home from a night out with friends in LA, okay. California. Uh, in Belgium, you might not know that LA is in California, so... Hello. Just kidding. I feel like LA, uh, one of those things like Las Vegas, New York, Miami, like everybody knows I'm. Okay. But you're saying United States places. So like Paris. Sydney. Let's just keep going because I feel real dumb. I don't want to sound any more stupider than we sound. Than we already are. <laughs> so uh, where was I? Holly. So she's walked these streets before and is not afraid because she's carrying the mace with her that she always keeps on her keychain. And let's be honest, she's young. And when I was young, I thought nothing could ever hurt me mm -hmm. in my heels walking home from the club in South yep. Beach when I would spend my summers there. How am I alive? Uh, well, uh, Holly, so with her long straight hair, skinny jeans, and side swoop bangs that apparently are not the style anymore, um, Holly passes bars, people living on the street, dark alleys, all the usual for living in a city. When she goes home, the first thing she does is call out for her roommate, Claire, who isn't home typical. So to bed she goes. After locking the front door and shutting the windows, Holly climbs into her comfy bed of bunched up pillows and bunched up comforters. As she goes to turn off her light to pass out for the night, she reaches to grab her jumble of blankets on her bed. She does not realize that someone has been hiding under her bunched up blankets <gasps> on her bed. Oh God. Stop it. Um, before she has time to react, a man rolls on top of her skinny, pale skin, and he <laughs> injects her with a syringe. Oh, my gosh. The last thing she remembers hearing before passing out is, quote, I won't kill you. I tried this on myself first. So now I'm going to tell you about a man named Seth Westpertime. He's in his 20s, much like Holly. Seth living in LA and working at an animal shelter. His job is one of, uh, I mean, what do you do when you work in it? Like kind of like a volunteer, but it's a paid position. Mop up floors, clean up after the animals, feed them, et cetera. Et cetera. The upside of anyone who does this line of work is, of course, playing with the dogs. I used to walk dogs. I am not surprised. Uh, you're my little animal lover. Mm -hmm. So Seth is awkward and is picked on a lot in his life. He doesn't have many friends. He can't find a job that pays any more than the meager pay he gets right now. He doesn't own a car. He doesn't have a girlfriend. And he's kind of a homebody. It's kind of like, you know, 40-year-old virgin lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that movie. A few weeks before the date that I mentioned at the start with Holly getting injected. Okay. Mm -hmm. Seth saw a woman he recognized from back in the day when he was in high school, a beautiful woman with long hair and really pretty eyes. So he approaches her on the city bus. Hey, I remember you. We went to school together. Seth, you remember me, right? Some, like Something like that. This woman is Holly Garland. 
Mm-hmm. Holly tries to be polite as she does that thing where you don't want to seem like an asshole, but you don't want to continue the conversation any further. Yeah, I remember you. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Yeah. Spoiler alert. She does not remember him from high school. She has no fucking clue who this man is. Either way, she wants to be polite. They chat for a few minutes until she gets off at her next stop. By Seth or so she wishes. A few things about Holly. She lives, like I said, with a roommate named Claire. She waitresses at a restaurant called Happigan's Restaurant and Bakery where she makes crap money some days but like kills it other day. LA restaurants. I don't know. Restaurant in general. She had a boyfriend recently, Eric, who's a bartender. But Joanna, just take a wild guess as to why she broke up with Eric. He cheated on her. Boom. He cheated on her. Uh, She only found out because she read his emails. Oh. Yeah. 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 Uh, You never check the emails, apparently. I don't know. Who emails anymore? Like People who cheat. I don't know. I feel like that's such like an – I don't know. Did you not remember the year? I said 2016. I mean – That wasn't that long ago. Seven years. Seven years ago. I mean, there was no TikTok seven years ago. I I know what you're saying, though. Nowadays, you can literally open a note on your phone and have a conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. Even on the pictures app, like on your photos, you can share share those and – talk secretly with someone. There's a million ways. So Holly grew up kind of feeling like she could never be her true self. Just to tell you a little bit about her. She always had friends, sure. And people always liked her, but she always kind of felt alone deep inside. Mm -hmm. Um, So as an outlet, she journals, she writes, and she hopes to write a novel one day, starving artist, if you will, in LA. Well, after that fateful day on the bus, Seth can't stop thinking about Holly. And Holly forgets about Seth the second she steps off the bus, mind you. Seth goes home and does what everybody does in this situation. I guess he looks her up at the time you know, in Facebook. He looks her up on Facebook. Instant information. He sees her picture. She posted her friends, her likes, her dislikes, and he becomes obsessed. Have you ever had somebody obsessed with you? Not that I'm aware of. How about you? I did in high school. His name was Alan. Alan. He it- would go out of his way to like meet me at my locker, sit next to me in class, at art. Like, he was just, yeah. I think we had this conversation last time. Nothing happened. I just tried to avoid him. How'd you get him to stop? I don't remember. I just remember him just, like, following. And then he'd, like, follow me. Ew. Yeah. He was weird looking. I'm going to see if, you know, I'm going to look him up. I have my yearbook. He probably is already, you're probably already friends with him, but he's named, like, Alice. He's probably in Belgium telling all his friends to listen to us. Yeah, is this girl I went to high school with? Ugh. She's so beautiful. Still is. That's what he's saying. I, I love her. Um, well, maybe he does what uh, Seth does. So this is what Seth does. He finds out where Holly works, and he thinks that he can go to her job and ask her out. To prepare yeah. for this, this is what Alan is doing. Uh, Seth makes a list based on her social media of things that Holly likes and dislikes. So like a literal list. And I have some of that information for you from his actual list. Likes, music, concerts, clothes, seafood. Dislikes, bullies, beef, and parks. Parks? What's wrong with parks? I don't know. It's a weird thing to dislike. This is Seth's list, okay? So what would Alan say from your social media? What would your likes be, Joanna? Um, Friends, shopping, my kid, mm-hmm. my friends. What would your dislikes be? If um, How about I'm Alan? And I- Concerts. <laughs> Poor Alan. And air. If I... What? <laughs> if I was to do your dislikes, uh, movie theaters, mm-hmm. large crowds. Mm-hmm. And cruelty to animals. Mm-hmm. Boom. And kids. You you like your kid. No, no, cruelty to kids. Oh, I thought you meant like <laughs> comma kids. <laughs> no, cruelty to kids. I don't like cruelties to animals. Cruelty and I don't like kids. <laughs> okay. So a few days later, Holly's working her shift at Happigans when a skinny, average height, pale man sits in her section. Oh, her section. Okay. He's wearing a button-up shirt and tie, and she takes his order. What can I get for you? Simple. Seth, who we know, is sitting in her booth, mentions to Holly something like, hey, remember me from the bus, Seth? No. As this interaction goes on, there's a ton of people around, coworkers, other patrons, witnesses to this encounter. But it's not seen as like a big deal 
right now. It's kind of recalled as like, oh yeah, I remember that. The only thing that would like creep someone out is how Seth compliments her hair that day. In a weird way though, like he says, and this is the quote I have for you, you shouldn't feel insecure about your hair. It looks really good. Just out of nowhere, left field. But, but Holly never felt insecure about her hair or herself no. in general. She's gorgeous. At the end of his meal, when Holly sees if he needs anything else, Seth begins to get irritable. It's not really known why, but he starts to act agitated toward Holly. And before the end, he asks her out, telling Holly he has an extra concert ticket. And she blows him off, saying she has a boyfriend, which she doesn't, but we all do that, right? Just like, hi, I just met you. I really like you. Uh, let's go to a concert. Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Remember me from the bus? Let's go to a concert. Yeah. I mean, you do need to have some type of communication first to know this person's normal. Yeah, but I feel like the concert is a big step. It is a big step. Yeah. I had a guy when I was single ask me, we had just met, and then he asked me to go to a Dolphins football game with him across the state. I declined. Good. I didn't want to be trapped in a car for two hours, four-hour game, and then two hours home. No, 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 no. I The story's not about me. So what Holly does when he asks that, basically the last line spoken, because she says she has a boyfriend, he responds, no, you don't. <gasps> Holly drops the check, leaves the booth. Done. I, she doesn't go back to his table, tells her coworkers about it. That's fucking weird. Bye. When Holly goes home, she has told her coworkers about this exchange along with her roommate, all of which tell her to drop it and it's probably not a big deal. She goes on with her life, hanging out with her ex when she knows she shouldn't, drinking with her roommate in her apartment, doing all the things we do when we're, you know, people are single and in their 20s. Yeah. Until she goes to work and her co-worker call her, I said that we heard her co-worker calls her a lucky bitch because someone has delivered flowers to her job. Addressed to Holly with a note, be mine. And it's not Ooh. fucking Valentine's Day. Is this the plot of you? <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yay, it's Joe. What's his name? What's his name? In the his name Joe. is Joe. This is not Joe. This is Seth. So she immediately thinks the flowers are from her ex. They are not from her ex. It's not you. There you go. Thank you. Um, Holly has one more run-in with Seth that I want to mention at her ex's bar because I said he was a bartender. She goes for a drink. And when she's outside smoking, who is there outside? Mm -hmm. He's stalking her if you haven't picked up on it. Mm -hmm. I just heard the fucking bird in the background of my house. It is what it is at this point. Let's, let's just pretend it's not happening. Um, Seth. Seth is there. When she realizes that it's him outside the bar, she freaks out at this point because she's like, this is weird. The bus, my job, and now my boyfriend, my ex's bar. Rightfully so. She basically tells him to fuck off. And when he follows her back in the bar, her ex pushes him and says to leave her alone. Has this ever happened to you? Like a run-in with two men fighting over you? <laughs> All the time. That's what I thought. I mean, last night, right? Yeah. So I've seen this scenario play out from, I mean, this has never happened to me, but you've seen these things kind of happen and you don't miss it when it happens. So you, you know, you all notice it. Oh my God, did you see? Whatever. There's more that happens outside with Seth and Holly talking, but this is, it's a nut. Like that's, you get the gist. Mm -hmm. And looking back, we can see Seth is following Holly. He's obsessed and he is stalking her. He knows her whereabouts from social media and has learned her habits. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm. It is spooky season. I, yeah, I know. I mentioned that Seth works in an animal shelter in L.A., working at a shelter with vets who have medicine for tranquilizing animals. Oh, no. This provides a way for Seth to get his hands on drugs that he would need to cause someone to pass out, quote unquote. It's also worth mentioning that this is an old building, as like all of LA I have learned recently is all like old buildings that have been remodeled. Currently, they're only sheltering dogs. Due to lack of staff, there's a section of the shelter not being used. Uh-oh. Being that Seth has worked here forever, he's aware of this. He knows the building, and he knows that in a certain section of the building, there is a basement, a basement with a cement floor, metal pipes, fluorescent lights, and the perfect soundproofing with barking dogs constantly in the background. Oh, no. So it is in this cold basement, Joanna, where Holly wakes up from being attacked in her bed 
in what can only be described as a cage herself. How did anybody not notice her being transported? Oh, I can, I'm going to tell you how she was transported. It's fucked up, first of all. But that's a good question. You said he was skinny? Mm-hmm. Yep. You want me to just tell you now? Yeah. He used a dolly and put her in a cardboard box. I was going to say a suitcase. Okay. I know. Well, it wasn't that big. She was a tiny girl. So many questions. Get her down the stairs. You got to tell me about the roommate. By the time he got her on in the box, on the dolly, transported her to the stairs of the basement. I mean, at that point, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, it was kind of like a flump, flump, flump situation. I feel really guilty saying that. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, dun, dun, dun. Before Holly can do or say anything, you have to tell me, Joanna, is this the plot of a horror movie or the facts of a true crime case? You haven't even, like, given me any details. Yeah, I still also have, like, three pages of notes. (laughs) How many pages have we done so far? Two? One? Three. I'm halfway through. Okay. Well, I'm going to say a movie. Well, I just... He ha- There's no way you can carry a dead, dead, a lifeless, limp body down the stairs without anybody getting, no- without anybody noticing. Okay. And I feel like if you're in LA, like there's always people out. Mm-hmm. Somebody would have noticed and like, yeah, movie. Okay. This is the 2016 movie. <laughs> I can't see your face, by the way. So if you have some epic reaction. Yes, it was a good reaction. <laughs> It was a good reaction. What was it? Tell me. Describe it to me. Flung my fist high up in the air and the fan (laughs) going behind me. So it looks like it's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. This is the 2016 movie called Pet, which is really fucked up because she wakes wakes up in a cage. I've never heard of that movie my entire life. I hadn't either. Oh, you're back. Hey, girl. I see you now. I'll do this. Oh, I see it. Yes. Well, you're like kind of like spotty. I see every other frame. Well, I want to mention the date I stated of her abduction is not the actual date. It was the date the movie was released. I threw that in for flair. Is this based on a true story? No. Yeah, it's a movie. But the date that the movie was released, the March date um, in 2016. So not an actual date in the movie, FYI. So Pet is a psychological thriller directed by Carl's Torrens and written by Jeremy Slater. It premiered in 2016 at South by Southwest Film Festival, and I watched it on Amazon Prime, which has been kicking ass lately, let me just say. So there's a ton more to spill here for you, and I can't wait to tell you the twist, Joanna, because yeah, there's a twist. So, well, as the New York Times puts it in a 2016 article written by Jeanette Kostolis, this is what she says about the movie, quote, Pet places more emphasis on rug pulling than on scares. The pace is patient, the acting solid, and the special effects emphasize craft over flash as the characters rejigger our perceptions from one scene to the next, end quote. So basically Mm -hmm. saying there's a lot of twists and turns. So listeners, if you don't want the movie spoiled, pause here and go watch it. But please, you got to come back. If you don't care about that and you'd rather just hear it here first, then congratulations. You're in the right place. Just like me. Yay. So continuing where we left off, I want to take a beat and backtrack a second because you seem like we went from A to Z and you're like, what the heck? Very quickly. Seth was straight up stalking Holly, duh, but it was intense. When he was going to ask her out at the restaurant, he practiced what to say in the mirror over and over and over again, replaying in his mind what he'd say how he'd say it. The night he followed her to her boyfriend's bar when they had their interaction outside and she was smoking, she shoved him out of her way, which caused her to drop her journal along Uh with like makeup and random shit from her purse. But it was the journal he took and he stayed up all night until morning reading her journal. It's honestly what is she's most upset about losing that night and she goes to her roommate about it when she gets home like and her roommate consoles her you can because she wants to be a writer she wants to write novels so it's a lot of her thoughts and story ideas and when Seth drugs her I mentioned how he says something like don't worry I tried it on myself first that did happen in the movie he was trying to see if it worked so there's a scene in Joanna where he injects himself while he's at home and he like passes out and falls off the couch that is very strange Yeah, like trying to test how much it would take to make a person pass out, basically. He should have seen – I wonder how long it lasted. 
Yeah, I don't know. But when he comes to, he realizes like, damn, that's some good stuff right there. And then he knows it's a good potency. In preparation for keeping Holly, Seth builds a cage in the basement of his job, like I said. It's bigger than a dog cage. Longer, I should say, but it's too short so you can't stand up in it. And that freaks me out. I hate that. Agreed. I hate that. He placed a bed pan for her, Joanna, and uses chains to reinforce everything. And what freaks me out, well, this whole thing freaks me out, is how he gets her there. He places her unconscious body in a cardboard box, tapes it shut, and uses a dolly to wheel her past his coworkers. Yeah. What time of day was this? It was, in, it was at night. He claims to the like security guard working the night shift that it's something that the boss is having him move for him. That's insane. Off topic, but did you see that one guy, I can't remember what his name is, where he went on a date with a girl and then he killed her in the apartment and then brought up a suitcase and then wheeled her out in the suitcase? No, but no. how is that real to you and this story wasn't real to you? Because it was a suitcase and he had an elevator. That's what tripped you up the most about this whole thing. Yeah. So when Holly wakes up, it takes her a minute to figure out what's going on. Once her eyes adjust, she realizes she's been locked in a cage. Mm. Too short to stand up in and the chains keeping her locked in. And the sounds of the barking dogs drown out her screams. And in the first gruesome scene of the movie, she breaks her nails by trying to break the locks to escape. They break off her fingers. Sorry to have another nail breaking thing. We just had that recently. Seth, what did he do after he locked her up? He went home and went to sleep. So she was there all by herself. All by herself. So uh, Seth goes and checks on her the next day, bringing her food and says, I'm Seth in case you forgot because he she kept forgetting his name like all like a dick. Mm-hmm typical dude. She says, fuck you. And he takes her food away saying, we'll try this again tomorrow. <gasps> try as she might. She realizes that she can't escape this cage and she can't get out, Joanna. She's done. She's locked in. Well, when Seth returns, he says something that he will continue to say over and over again in this movie that he's doing this for her own good. So what, you're supposed to just let any creep, like, take you out on a date and, like... Yeah. He says that he's trying to save her. And it makes you feel, as the watcher, like, is this a religious thing? Like, what is what is he talking about? And we will soon find out okay. why he keeps saying that. So when Seth brings her food and water the next day, he says, take it easy because that's all you're getting today. And it's just a burger. Oh, my gosh. I could use a burger right now. So Holly realizes rather quickly that she's going to have to play nice guy here and try and manipulate Seth, which is what mm. she tries to do. She needs to get what she wants, her freedom. So she goes full steam from the beginning. After she starts eating her food, he goes to leave and she asks him not to. So this is how she starts the manipulation process. Like, don't leave me. Stay with me. And she starts trying to make him feel like she needs him. Playing yeah. into that kind of psychological thing. Her first attempt at making him feel important to her. Yeah. Gotta start small. Yeah, right, right, right. Keep that in mind for when I lock you in the cage. Start small. Mm. Make me feel important. Okay. He says he knows that this is hard for her, but they have to define their relationship and they have to establish boundaries and that he'll come back tomorrow so that they can get started. And, I mean, there's obviously people know that she's missing. Well, yeah obviously. After some time, Holly starts to hallucinate that her roommate is there with her, telling her that she's letting a pathetic little shit beat her and she deserves to be there. And she'll go on to hallucinate her roommate being there with her quite a bit in the movie. Is she really there? No, no, she's really not there. The next day, when Seth returns again, she asks if he's going to rape her. No. Ew. I know. No. She asks if he's going to kill her. And he says, I hope not, but he says he might ha not have a choice because he might not be able to save her. She asks, is this a religious thing? Like, why the fuck are you doing this? Or are you just some like sick asshole? He says he's not doing this for him, but for her because she's special. She's smart. She's funny. And when she talked to Seth, she saw him. But he says that there's a version of her that she wants people to see. And then there's the real her, the other Holly, like Basically, he wants to save her from herself, and no one knows the real her except for him, apparently. But there's if there's nothing left to save, then she's never leaving this place, and it's 
a weird kind of spiral. So mm. during the movie, there's a security guard that works at the animal shelter, and he can't stand Seth. It's like the comic relief. And he's kind of funny, and he thinks Seth is annoying and a piece of mm -hmm. shit. Nate. Nate finds Seth down in the off-limits area, which is where the basement is, and mm -hmm. says he better not be, like, messing around in the tunnels – the tunnels, um, instructing him to go mop the kennels and basically not cause any shit around the shelter because, you know, don't mess with my job. I'm here to work and go home at night. Like he does the night shift, this dude. Why does why does a vet need a security office? And the not a vet, it's an animal shelter and they have a security officer at night from like while the place is closed. So okay, so I think we can all take a second to see Nate's fate. Just think about it. But I feel like Nate's a big guy. Is he a big guy in the movie? He's a big guy, but pour one out for Nate because it's not going to go well for him. So Holly decides to wait it out while she's down there. There's nothing really – honestly, there's nothing she could do but wait it out, yeah. to be honest. Try She's going to try and play at Seth's psychological game, and that's where we're at. Until Seth brings her her journal that he has taken from her. She didn't know he had it. He starts to read her the entries out loud. Ooh. This makes her, yeah, this makes her very uncomfortable. And he tells her that her writing made him feel sorry for her, hmm. which, which is really, that's like, that's not cool. No. Gotta, How many days has she been down there for? It's been a few days. It's been a few days at this point. So she uses this as an, as an opportunity to remind him that he's keeping a girl in a cage that he and he obviously must hate himself. Like she says that in the movie, you're keeping a girl in a cage, you sicko. Yeah. Um, and this is when Seth says, how's Claire doing? The roommate. Holly doesn't like that he brings her up, but then he reveals that he can hear her talking to Claire when he goes down to check on her. Remember I said she's hallucinating? Yeah. Kind of before he enters every day, he stops and listens and sees what he can hear. But then he says, <laughs> and this is what freaked him out at first to hear, he says that it freaked him out because he started hearing Holly talking to herself in two different voices. So weird. <laughs> Having, oh, I just got the chills. Having full-on conversations with Claire and speaking both sides of the conversation. And this is when we learn that Joanna, Claire doesn't exist. She's not real. What do you mean? It's a like a DID situation, like a split personality. Like she's not there. So she never had a roommate? I mean, she did. I'll tell you. But Claire has been hallucinating her roommate for months, like a long time, six months, I think. Oh, my. And I'm going to tell you why she's hallucinating her roommate and how this started. So let's go back. Holly and Eric weren't just dating. They were engaged, actually. Oh. And when Holly read through his emails and discovered he was cheating, it was with her then roommate, Claire. Mm. Holly used a car ride home one night as her opportunity to confront her roommate. She was driving. Claire said it was the whole drunken mistake thing. They both regretted it. It's never going to happen again. But Holly freaks out and purposely crashes the car into a tree or like a tree or a wall. I don't remember. Mm. Trying to kill them both. So then after the wreck, they're both there like bloody, like the windshield has crashed on them. There's glass and blood everywhere. And when Holly gets her bearings, she looks around the car. She see, sees Claire weakly like dying and says, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. Someone will save us. Joanna, Holly pulls a glass shard of from the windshield out of her own abdomen and stabs Claire in the eyeball when she was Are saying, you kidding okay. me? This is a mm -hmm. wild ride. <laughs> well, Seth knew about all of this because it was written in her journal. Oh, my gosh. Even though she claims it's fiction and that it wasn't true. So Seth says that's bullshit because when he was stalking Holly, he learns a lot about her. He learns that Holly Garland isn't just a waitress at a diner. She isn't just the ex of a bartender. She isn't just a wannabe writer. She's a serial killer. I, I don't. Wait, say, say that again. Just, I have to process this. Holly, Holly's a serial killer, Joanna. She kills purely for enjoyment, and Claire, her roommate, just happened to be her first high, her first kill, her first victim. And that led her down a spiral. I don't even know what to say. Well, now we know why Seth keeps saying he wants to save her. It is finally, like, it finally becomes clear. He wants her to change, but as we will learn, 
serial killer, or as we kind of know, serial killers don't change. You can't cure that. It's like pedophilia. There's no cure for it. He's doing her a service. Yes, yes. It's who she is. So have you, like, not to mention Dexter all the time, but hello, Dexter was never going to change. I'm talking to Seth, not you. I know. Um, so Seth isn't trying to punish her, but he's trying to stop her from hurting other people, and he wants her to change from the inside out, apparently. Like, how does she kill these people? Like, does, does she know these people, or is it just, like, targets? Like, does she target people? Like, was that? So I don't know what just happened in my house. It was the house ghost. Yeah, so there's a scene that she kills a homeless person. There's a scene that she goes on a date and kills someone. There's a scene she's hanging with a friend and, like, slices their throat. Like, she's a serial killer. Yeah. The, who, who suggested this again? What was her name? Katie from Malice and Mocktails. This 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 is uh, so many twists. I would never okay. have expected this. I know. Uh, me too. So we start to see like the creep that Holly is. So she snaps out when he starts bringing all this up, and she realizes she snaps out of her victim persona. She's like, "All right," and she spills the truth. When Claire died, her whole world, she says, snapped into focus. I'm sorry. When Claire was murdered. Mm-hmm. Or when she murdered her, she starts banging her face into the bars in front of him, and the movie gets really gruesome. I'm getting creeped out. I don't like recording at night. It scares me. It's late mm-hmm. at night right now, by mm-hmm. the way. She gives herself a bloody mouth and taunts him about how he thinks he will get away with this, but his fingerprints are everywhere. Her fingerprints are everywhere. You can't clean this up, Seth. So days go on, and Seth starts slacking at work. Holly continues to play mind games with him. He continues to threaten her by withholding food, and she continues to make it seem like they need each other, and he's the only one who's there for her. Wow. All like mind games. How does she pick and choose who she kills? I don't know. It's whoever's going to give her that feeling, I guess, that warm and cozy feeling. Yeah. <laughs> one night, Nate, the security guard, he sees Seth coming from the wing he's not supposed to be in, and he climbs down secretly when Seth walks away. He climbs down the basement and he finds Holly in her cage. Nate turns on the light and says, holy shit, what kind of fucked up? And then he goes, did Seth do this? Holly hurries him to find something to break her out. Like, get that, get this, get that. He tries to break the lock, but Seth returns to find them and starts stabbing him with a shank. I don't know where he got a shank from, by the way. So now he's a murderer. Well, he had to because he had to hide his secret. Who's going to believe him? So Nate fights back but fails. And then Holly twists it right there in her little cage and starts instructing Seth to grab a cinder block to kill Nate and says, I can't lose you, Seth. You can't get caught. She smiles, Joanna. I can't even. I'm just so disturbed. She smiles as he slams the concrete into Nate's head multiple times. It's disgusting. I had to look away. Uh, I would would fast forward it. I had to do that thing where I put my hand in front of my eyes like this and I like look through my fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, like it does anything. Like you still see it. I know. It was so gross. The squish sound was horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was a sound. So he immediately starts apologizing Seth because he didn't want to kill anyone. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And this is when um, Holly gets like in her element. She's in her zone. She tells him the first thing you have to do is get rid of the body. Then she says you have to cut off his tattoos, remove his fingerprints, remove his teeth, and scatter them around town in dumpsters, water aids, all in different places. And he goes on to use a handsaw, again, Dexter, to cut up the body. Are you there, Joanna? Yes. Okay, sorry. I can't see you. That sounds terrible. It is terrible. Like, remove the tattoo. Like, you're going to cut. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, I know. That detail is just... Seth strips down to his underwear and with blood splattering everywhere, he cuts up Nate's body and Mm. he feeds the meat to the dogs. Carmen, I could have gone my entire life without knowing that. Without knowing that detail? I'm so sorry. And and I'm glad I can't see your face right now. It's always at the bad parts. I don't know, like the Wi-Fi, something. I'm so sorry. Uh, At least he's unwell. He doesn't like doing it. It is disgusting. It still doesn't make it any better. I know. I'm going to skip. Yeah, let's just skirt. Okay, long story short, a detective later starts questioning the workers at the animal shelter looking for Nate. And Seth gets questioned a lot. He and Holly have now bonded. Of course they had. They both have something in common. 
Uh-huh. And she tries to convince him that he needs to keep killing and that he's just like her. Like maybe they can be a killing duo that basically he'll he will love the high and he'll get over the guilt eventually. That'll only last a little bit of time, apparently. Fucking Holly. That's crazy. That, I know that there's no shame in accepting who you are, but according to Seth, this won't have ever happen again, ever, period. So as time goes on, more manipulation happens where Holly will cry to Seth if he pulls away from her, like through the bars. Yeah. She tries to grab him and stuff like that. And she is convincing him that she loves him and that she knows he's the only person who loves her back. Wow. At one point, she tells him she thought life was pointless until someone like him came along. It's all mind uh, games. That is awesome. That is pure manipulation right there. Uh-huh. But he eats it all up. Yeah. He does. He loves her. He loves her. Until the point, Joanna, uh, she convinces him to cut off one of his own fingers to make her happy. Stop. I am, I am so sorry. Does he do it? Yeah. Oh. Which finger? So when... His pointer finger. That's like, who need that one. Pinky. I know. I know. Oh, why the pinky? I feel like that's the the useless one. Jeez, is it? I guess you could live uh, with half a pinky. Like you point. Like, oh, what do you want? Oh, I want that right there. You could point with the middle finger, the tall guy. <laughs> the tall guy. <laughs> Did he cut the whole thing off all the way down? It was like half, I think. I don't know. I blocked it out. Okay. But, so when he does this, he this is kind of like the culmination here. He doubles over in pain and use, has, uses a pocket knife, by the way, that he puts down next to him in front of her. Uh-oh. She reaches through the bars, grabs the knife. She doesn't attack him. She holds it to her own throat, saying that she's going to kill herself if he doesn't let her out, and he doesn't want that to happen. So he opens the cage. A wobbly and weak Holly steps out, goes to him. Like, she's been in this cage crouched down for, I don't know, weeks now. She kisses him deeply and then slices his neck. Her, her hallucination of Claire comes back, opens the basement door, and she walks out. I thought this was the end of the movie. Twas not. So, a significant amount of time passes, Joanna, and we see Holly in her bed, uh, Fook and her ex, Eric. Two years, like, years have passed. Not so... We don't know what happened to her when she got out of the, the vet's office. She would have went to the detective that keeps coming back, but she doesn't, apparently. Mm. I'm going to tell you what she does do. Kill. Well, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's with her ex. They're fully back together. They're living together. And we learn that it is now, I'm sorry, that she is now a published author. And like I said, years have passed. So she ended <laughs> up writing a book claiming it was all fiction but I think she wrote it about – they don't really say, but it makes it clear that it's kind of about her real life as a killer. Could you imagine and, getting – that's like the perfect crime. But could you imagine any book you've read from a killer's point of view and to learn that that was a true story the whole time? That's insane. All these creepy stories? Yeah, what did you put the pieces together? Like, wait a second, this is sounding familiar. Or like, how did she dispose of these bodies? I don't know. She knows to dispose them in different parts, all their parts in different That's places. That's true. She knows her stuff. Mm -hmm. She's watched Dexter. So in her apartment, we're at this scene where they're kind of like she's there with ex, uh, with, ex <laughs> with Eric, who's now not her ex anymore. And he gets an alert on her phone and says like, hey, babe, could you get my phone? And she looks at it. It's an email. She opens the email. He's still using the fucking email. And it says, hey, stud, been thinking about you all day. Call me XOXO, which is the stupidest. If you're like cheating with someone, who's yes. like, hey, stud? And you don't get, have your girlfriend get your phone. <laughs> I know. Yeah, men who cheat keep their phone face down and always with that. <laughs> oh, yes, they do. Assholes. I'm aware of that. I digress. <laughs> mm -hmm. So instead of killing Eric, she goes to him, kisses him on the cheek, and leaves to ease her pain the only way she knows how at this point. Her own personal vice, if you will. I get a glass of wine, maybe a vodka. That's not what Holly does. Holly arrives at a storage unit in an abandoned building, Joanna. She goes in. She uncovers a large plastic sheet, which I hate plastic sheets, to reveal a cage. Long, strong, too short to stand up in. In a very sweet voice, she approaches the cage and she says, Hi, to the person inside. Who is it? 
She expresses her feelings about how Eric is still fooling around with other girls, that asshole, and that this person is the only one who truly loves her and will never leave her. And the camera pans to a person locked up, face swollen beyond recognition, dirty old clothes, grown out ratty hair, cataracts covering their eyeballs completely, and a long ragged scar across their neck, Seth, this whole time. In the same clothes he was in in the last scene we saw him in two years ago. So he's been locked up for two years? The end. That's how the movie ends. <sighs> you know, we talked about those girls that were locked up for, what, 10, 11 years? I'm sure things like this happen. I always think about that. Like, whenever I'm walking by somebody's house, I'm like, mm, I wonder if somebody's, mm. like, held against their will. When you walk through your new neighborhood, just do, like, a little mental note. Probably that house, not that house. Just keep a note. Listen, our pastor at our church told us about the story of this man who was like very involved in the church. He might have been like the youth pastor or something, very involved in the church, ended up being a murderer on the regular. Why did he tell you that story? I don't remember. Oh, because it's like, <laughs> well, no, it's like, you, you, you know, you trust these people who, you know, attend church, are preaching about God and the Bible, and then you go home and... He's living a completely different life and murdering people. People who go to church aren't necessarily good people. That is true. But he was like, now he wasn't a church goer. He was involved in the church. And that makes it more sinister, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Like, here's this person of God who people look up to, and then he goes home and murders people. I'm going to look it up. It's just anyone in authority that does that on the side. Well, okay. So ratings. Do you want the ratings? Mm-hmm. IMDb, 5.7 out of 10. Rotten uh -huh. Tomatoes, 56%. Yeah. I agree. I agree with those ratings. I give it a 2.8 out of 5. Oh. Yeah. It's like middle of the road. It was – okay. I know that my, like, retelling it, it sounds so sick and so twisted. And it is. It is all of those things. The gore scenes were so gross in a way where, like, if you like that kind of stuff, it's really cool. And the twist was – was really good, but the acting, in my opinion, wasn't great, and that made, like distracted me. Uh. And there seemed to be like too many twists. Like there was the Claire thing, the hallucinations, the serial killer factor, the Seth being a stalker. Like there were so many things that I feel like they could have gone deeper with less, deeper with less. I guess I don't know. Um, but who am I to say? I'm not a movie maker. I'm just a person with an opinion. That's my story for you, Joanna. That's what I got. I don't want to hear about your murder, Pastor. It's freaking me out. Let's wrap it up, girl. Well, I'll see you next weekend. I know. I'm so excited. We're going to celebrate my B-Day. Yes. Did I just um, hear the bird again? I did not hear it. Oh, fuck that bird. All right. Well, on that note, I got to get my kid from Becky. Becky, I'm coming. I'll see you in a second. We love you guys. Um, and remember to live, laugh, and never build a cage in the basement of your job to lock away a serial killer. Just go to the police and don't murder. And don't ever murder. Don't. Don't. Just don't do it. It's not fun. It's not a good time. It's not fun. How would you know? I mean, I watch all these things and I read all these things, but it's got bad consequences. Don't, don't, I don't want to get into it. Don't murder. Okay. Don't. Okay. Okay. 